0: everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. One of the things I'm excited to dig into today is if Jesus declared that we could pray for whatever we want and have it. If you look at his words, it seems like that's exactly what he's saying. Today, we're looking at Matthew 20, and 21 there's a lot of familiar stories in here uh, there are some things that don't match up and there are some instances of Jesus not being very Jesus like so there's a lot to dig in here uh, dig into here today and I'm excited to do it so we've already talked some about uh, one of the first things you'll see when we read through here is this mother's request that the the mom of James and John are asking that they can sit at Jesus' left and right hand. We already talked about that a little bit, kind of the scandal of who is the best, so I'm not going to spend much time on that. The first thing I want to talk about is here in Matthew 20, verse 29, there seems to be another biblical inconsistency. Um, If you remember, we read in Mark 10 there was one blind man who was calling out to Jesus to be healed. He was actually named, his name was uh, Blind Bartimaeus. But here, there are two blind men calling out uh, to Jesus. The story is basically the same. And the difference is in Mark uh, 10, there is one guy. And in Matthew 20, there is two guys. I do think Unfortunately for Matthew, this is another instance of Matthew stretching the details a little bit, uh, maybe misremembering something, maybe making it seem like this was like a much more significant event than it was. I mean, obviously, Jesus is healing a blind man. That's pretty significant. Uh, But this is one of those biblical inconsistencies that people will point out. And unfortunately for Matthew, a lot of times it is him uh, who is guilty of the inconsistencies, or I guess you could say that Mark is guilty... take your pick. You can decide who you want to believe. Uh, at any rate, it doesn't take away from the actual teaching of the story. Like it, it, Just because there's one guy who's healed from his blindness, or there's two guys who's healed from their blindness, it's pretty safe to assume that in this instance, somebody, at least one person, called out to Jesus and asked to be healed of being blind and was given his sight back. So it doesn't take away from who Jesus is. Um, it just You know, makes us kind of wrestle with the text a little bit. I know for me personally, it just makes me think, oh, well, come on, Matthew, why why didn't you get your details straight here? Uh, But it doesn't take away from the theology or what is being taught. I'm not going to try to do gymnastics um, to say this is two different instances. I suppose it could be two different instances, but I think here it's just a mix-up of the details. This was written down uh, after the events, like years after the events, and so I think it's easy to chalk it up as misremembered or... Um, stretching things, which I think Matthew is guilty of. If you've heard me talk about that before. Uh, the next thing that I'm interested in is another one that could be sort of a, a slight change of details. I suppose Jesus rides in on a donkey. He fulfills prophecies um, because of that. He, he is um, praised as the coming Messiah uh, by the crowds. This is basically Palm Sunday, but what he does in Matthew 21 as he rides right up to the temple and storms into the temple and throws people out of it. You could chalk this up as another inconsistency, uh, because John has this story recorded much earlier on in Jesus' ministry, uh, where the other Gospels have this happening later. Uh, there are people who believe John put the story at the beginning of his Gospel to help make the case uh, that Jesus is coming to set things right. There's other people who will argue that this actually happened twice. And so you can kind of take your pick on that. Again, what Jesus is teaching is more important than when it happened because we can be fairly confident that it did happen. What's interesting here is that what's actually happening in the temple is that these money changers are located in the outer courts. And in the outer courts is where uh, kind of like poor people and foreigners and people who are coming to seek God from far away or um, just people who don't know who God is are coming to kind of see what this religious experience is all about. These money changers would have been selling them uh, sacrifices to make to God. And the the thing that was happening here is that these money changers were charging these foreigners or these non-believers uh, an exorbitant amount of money to be able to take place in these sacrifices. So what is significant here is, yes, They are trying to sell things, and they are trying to make money, and Jesus takes issue with that. But probably what Jesus takes even greater issue with is that there are people who are trying to come and worship God through sacrifice, and these basically like robbers are taking advantage of them and taking advantage of their move toward faith. And so Jesus is furious because he sees these people moving toward God, desiring to make sacrifices. And yet there are other people who are just taking advantage of them, trying to get rich off of them. And so Jesus uh, drives them out. He throws over their tables and cleanses the temple. This is another story that always gets my attention because when people talk about how Jesus is always kind and always loving, I would guess that these folks that were selling things in the temple would probably not agree with that. it seems like Jesus is a little upset. And one of the gospels, Jesus actually makes whips and drives these guys out with whips. So this is no small thing. Uh, He is calling them a den of robbers and throwing them out uh, because he is passionate uh, for the correct worship of God and that people would not be taken advantage of. And so he drives them out. So then he comes upon this fig tree, this poor fig tree. Uh, This is uh, Matthew 21, starting in verse 18. In the morning, as he was returning to the city, he became hungry and seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it but only leaves and said to it, may no fruit ever come on you again. And the fig tree withered at once. So basically, Jesus is hungry. He walks up to this fig tree and he just flat out curses the tree. There is some debate about if this is a, is fair or not, because it may not have even been fig season. Um, but a lot of people draw attention to the fact that this tree has leaves on it This tree is essentially drawing attention to itself that it could bear fruit, but when Jesus finds it, it does not bear fruit. So Jesus curses the tree. The tree dies on the spot. This shocks the disciples. So probably what's going on here is that this is all symbolism. Uh, because the fig tree kind of stood for the nation of Israel. And Jesus here is showing that the nation of Israel has opportunity to be fruitful, but is refusing to bear fruit because they're refusing to recognize the power of Jesus, recognize the identity of Jesus as God's son, and they'll be cursed and judged because of it. So just like this fig tree is cursed and judged, uh, so will the nation of Israel for turning its back on Jesus. Now the disciples see this and they are shocked and they want to know if they can do it too. And Jesus tells them this thing that can be sort of a misleading verse. I think, um, if you look in verse 20, 21, we'll just pick it up from there. And Jesus answered them. Truly. I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. This verse can be misleading. It can be misused uh, because it it does say directly, if you ask for things in prayer, you will receive it if you have faith. But it's always important to keep these in context, not only with the immediate context, like Jesus is saying this in response to this fig tree analogy, but also within the context of what Jesus has been preaching in his ministry uh, about prayer. Basically, Yes, if we ask for things uh, and we have faith and believe in Jesus, God hears our prayers and honors our prayers, but also uh, God is a God who gives us what we need when we need it. So I just recently read uh, kind of an example that is like as a parent, when your kids come and ask you for things, they ask you because you know, they know you have authority uh, to give things. And a lot of times what they're asking for is things that you really could give them. But as a parent, you decide what they need and when they need it, and you do not always give it. So it's very important not to take this verse out of context and not to make this verse mean something that it does not mean. People that will take this to extremes and say, hey... The Bible says that you can declare whatever you desire and God will give it to you if you have faith. So if you are praying for something and you are not receiving that thing, it's because you do not have enough faith and therefore you should have faith. So if you ever experience this, uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about um, because sometimes it can have really negative effects on people's lives. And this is not what Jesus intended. I think Jesus here is teaching that when you have faith in God, Um, yes, he does answer your prayers, but it is important that your prayers always align with what he intends. And the trick is we don't know what he intends. There's basically, I think two extremes on this. The one extreme side is that you just pray and declare things all the time. And you kind of make yourself your own God. Like you, you declare that this is yours. You assume that it's yours and you should have it uh, because of your faith. And that's where like, okay, really in that situation, you have become God The other extreme side of this is where you never seek God. You just assume everything is your lot in life. You can't have any kind of relationship with God. So you just never pray or you never expect. We don't really want to fall into either of those. Uh, Jesus clearly teaches in his ministry that we can ask him for things. And he is a loving father who loves to give us the things that we need when we need them. And so it shouldn't prevent us from praying, but also we shouldn't be um, you know, doubting him or who he is when we don't receive exactly what we think. So I'm excited to bring a little bit of clarity uh, to that passage because I think it is kind of a tricky passage. And to wrap this all up, Jesus tells this really powerful story of the tenant of a vineyard and how this guy kind of sets up this this area that, that people are tenants of this like wonderful vineyard and farm. And he continues to send out messengers to these people to collect what's his but the people just stone and and hurt and cast out his messengers. And so eventually the, the owner of the land sends his own son and the people actually kill his son. And the moral of the story is basically like the tenant, the owner of this land uh, will bring judgment against the tenants. And obviously this is a, a vision or a picture of how God will handle those who choose um, to kill Jesus. Like this is uh, alluding to the fact that Jesus is going to give his life for our sin. And ultimately when we reject the son, um, the the owner of the land, God himself um, will judge us for that sin. So it's just a reminder to trust Jesus and follow him. And I guess really, you know, as far as your parts for today, uh, that is kind of the main takeaway, like trust Jesus with your life trust Jesus with your problems. We can pray to him. We can expect that he hears our prayers. He cares about our concerns, and he will care for us as his children because he is a good father. So I hope you're encouraged by that. We'll be back in tomorrow. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to God's plan your part. Don't forget, it is always more important that you listen to God's words rather than our words. So please stick around to hear the reading for the day uh, or go and find it in the Bible and read it yourself. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating and write a review on whatever platform you are using to listen to us. Now that we have all that out of the way, here is the reading for today. Matthew chapter 20. So the last will be first, and the first last. And as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside, and on the way he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons, and kneeling before him... She asked him for something. And he said to her, What do you want? She said to him, Say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your kingdom. Jesus answered, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, We are able. He said to them, You will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father." And behold, there were two blind men sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd rebuked them by telling them to be silent, but they cried out all the more, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And stopping, Jesus called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, let our eyes be opened. And Jesus in pity touched their eyes, and immediately they recovered their sight and followed him. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. He said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wondrous things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna, the son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, Do you hear what they are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you never read, Out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared my praise? And leaving them, he went out of the city to Bethany and lodged there. In the morning, as he was returning to the city, he became angry. And seeing a fig tree on the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it but only leaves. And he said to it, May no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once. When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither at once? And Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, Be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer... You will receive if you have faith. And when he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came up to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? Jesus answered them, I also will ask you one question, and if you tell me the answer, then I also will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, from where did it come, from heaven or from man? And they discussed it among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then do you not believe him? But if we say from man, we are afraid of the crowd, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. What do you think? A man had two sons, and he went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not. But afterward he changed his mind and went. And he went to the other son and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did the will of the father? They said the first. Jesus said to them, truly, I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even when you saw it, you did not afterward change your minds and believe him. Here another parable. There was a master of a house who planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a winepress in it and built a tower and leased it to tenants and went into another country. When the season for fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. And the tenants took his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did the same to them. Finally he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and have his inheritance. And they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. When therefore the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and let out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the fruits in their seasons. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruits. And the one who falls on the stone will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone it will crush him. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking about them. And although they were seeking to arrest him, they feared the crowds because they held him to be a prophet. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.